and welcome back to the FEZ show. It is the 22nd of July, 2020, and we have so much to discuss today as the driver market gets even more spicy with Brennan Hartley leaving Dragon and Sergei Sete camera replacing him. So we'll delve into that very shortly. And we will also be discussing Monaco, uh, the Gen 3 car, the Gen 2 Evo car. So we've got so much to discuss today. Joining me on the show to talk Plenty of Formula E is Edward Hunter and Jack Pickering. Morning, boys. Good morning. Morning. How are we In all? In unison. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm good. No, I'm not bad. Had a week off last week, so yeah, happy to get stuck into it this week. I know a lot of a lot of things to discuss. Ed, how has your week been? Uh, good. Uh, I've been working on a secret project that I can't tell anyone about, but you already know about it, Jack. So. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Our secret project that we're working very tirelessly well, on. I am. Um, you guys well, you are. Anything. I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. Okay. I'm just ticking off. Do you say you're an investor? He's he's yeah. appreciating it from a distance, Ed. Of that's course. That's, that's, that's what, what he's doing. doing. We're all appreciating it from a distance, but we, you know, thank God we've got someone that is as talented as you, Ed, who oh. can help us with this secret project. But secret. we can't wait. We can't wait. Honestly, I've, I've mentioned it a bit on stream for those people who listen on stream. I have, I said, I've not said anything about it. I've just said, we've got something in the pipeline and we are really looking forward to being able to share it with you very soon. When it will be, we're not quite sure, but when it's ready, we'll wait for it to be ready. We don't want to rush poor Ed. Uh, and when it's ready, um, we will show it to you and hopefully it'll be a nice little mini series. Enough fake stuff. Let's get into stuff. the news. <laughs> yeah. Let, love, stop. The, is this, is this Easter eggs? Is this what Easter eggs yes. is called? Just, That's Easter yeah. eggs. Right. I'm not, Go to on. be fair, we didn't, we didn't say mini Easter eggs, but anyway, moving on. Cause we've got to talk Formula E and obviously this morning, big news, Jack, Sergei Sete camera has replaced Brendan Hartley. Now, I'm not going to go in too much. I know you're a bit disappointed. You've nearly got that Swedish flag out. I just nearly, I saw a little glimpse of it. But what do you think, first and foremost, on Sergei Sete Cameron? Obviously, with the Swedish flag, Joel Eriksson, a um, bit annoying for you, I suppose, that he didn't get the seat or the drive. Yeah, no, I was hoping to wave this about a little bit this morning and say a couple of words in Swedish, but... Um, uh, you can still no, do. Yeah, um, Stork Gratis, uh, Sergio, for that seat. Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, uh, everything was kind of pointing at Joel Eriksson, so I was getting I was getting a little bit giddy because of my affection towards Sweden, um, and so uh, and so yeah, I, I I am a little bit disappointed that Joel Eriksson didn't get the seat, um, but no, Sergio Sete Camera, he's um he's had a good few years in Formula Two, and um, yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do because uh, I, I think we can all I think we're all in agreement that isn't the best car by a long way on the grid. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's going to be exciting to see what he can do uh, up against Nico Muller. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's he's got six races to prove himself uh, in Berlin that we'll probably get onto a little bit later on. But um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm not. I'd, I'd I'd love to see a Swede in the car, but uh, but yeah, um, well done to Sergio for that seat. Yeah. I think though, Ed, Sergio said a camera, let's, I think if we go back to his last season that he, he had, so last two seasons in Formula 2, he's had a F1 teammate. In 2018, it was Lando Norris that he was up against. And um, last season, he had Nicholas Latifi at Dams. So and he's not done too badly against those two drivers. 
Um, I don't think in, in in his F2 career. So it'd be interesting to see now what he can do because, you know, he did, he was quick in the Marrakesh rookie test. I think he, he was P2, he finished P2, um, which was quite good on lap times, especially for the Dragon. Obviously, you can't read too much into that. But of the rookies, you could say he was one of the better ones. So looking at that from that perspective, you know, he might, he might become a, a solid Formula E driver. He might prove himself quite quickly in these six races in Berlin. Yeah, it's certainly a great opportunity for Sete Camera uh, after a couple of uh, wilderness years. And he didn't look like he had too much on this year anyway, even before the uh, pandemic hit. But um, but yeah, I, I remember even had Sete Camera when we did a, a drivers we'd like to see in Formula E. He, his name did come up at one point. I forget who it was who mentioned him. It might have been Will, but uh, I don't quite remember. I have to go back and watch it. But um, yeah, uh, for me, it really highlights, though, that there's a big, almost a revolving door of drivers at Dragon. I'm not sure if you guys would agree, but I just keep thinking of the uh, NASA Gunther situation last season, Jose Maria Lopez leaving, uh, <laughs> Jerome D'Ambrosio leaving, well, actually, Jerome left from Mahindra. It wasn't completely on bad terms, because you'd mentioned he still got on well, but it... I just keep thinking of a lot of drivers that have left. We often see, like I say, a revolving door of drivers. And it's really a shame because Brendan Hartley was the big signing at Dragon and he seems to have lost interest, decided to either either because he's not happy at the team or he just wants to focus on world endurance. So whilst it's a great opportunity for Sede Camera, you've got to think that a lot of things were, you know, expected from Brendan Hartley and uh, things just haven't worked out. And it's a bit sad from that perspective. Um, I think that was the interesting thing, right? Because let's talk about the press release that Dragon put out. So Dragon didn't say anything, absolutely nothing about Hartley. And, you know, if we go back to Ma, for example, the Neo press release, they said, look, the reason why Ma is not here is because of travel logistics, because he's in China. Now, I posed last week that Brendan Hartley could be facing the same problems, right? That there could be travel logistics, he's in New Zealand, getting over to Berlin, might be really difficult and getting back might be quite difficult as well. So there could be a, a reason on that basis that Hartley would miss these six races, Jack. But I don't think that's the case. I have a feeling now, because they didn't spank Hartley, they didn't mention Hartley at all in that press release. I'm thinking now that his contract, which would have run out end of July, so in a probably a, in a couple in a week's time, um, after which would have been the London E-Prix this weekend, um, that I think Dragon have just let his contract run. They've had a mutual discussion and probably agreed not to continue. Therefore, they've moved on and, and you know, Brennan Hartley doesn't even get a mention, which I just thought was odd that a team, you, you know, every team seems to thank their driver. Oh, thanks for Brennan Hartley. We really appreciate all this time. But there was no mention of that in the, in the Dragon press release. No, not at all, and that makes it look like they cut, that they did kind of leave on bad terms, which which is a shame. As 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 Ed said, um, that was their big signing of the summer to replace Maxi Gunter, um, and so yeah, and yes, it hadn't gone amazingly well, but he did pick up a few points. I think he scored a couple of points in Deria. I might be he wrong. He did, but, but only after everyone ahead of him been disqualified. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But still, he, he still picked up points for the team, and I, I think that's the only points that the team's got this year because um, Nico Muller has put in some great quality performances. But I think one of them springs to mind in Mexico, but then he binned it on lap three. Um, but yeah, um, I've, uh, I, I, I do feel bad for Brendan Hartley for not even get a, not even getting a mention. Um, 
in that, and it does kind of um, it does kind of make it look like that it, um, uh, that um, that they did kind of end on bad terms, or just they didn't, or basically uh, the contract ran out because formerly contracts are a little bit different, so it ends at the end of July, um, and then and then they can sign someone else from there instead of having a season six contract. It's one, it's like a twelve month contract thing. Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, maybe that contract ended, and uh, one one side wanted to go into deals, and then the other was like, "Nah, thanks," hung up, and that was that. But yeah, no, it's um, yeah, no, it is interesting, and um, and yeah, it is um, it is, it is disappointing that we have uh, uh that we have lost um Brendan uh that we have lost Brendan Hartley. But um, let's see what Sergio does in the final six races, and then. And then possibly he'll um, and then possibly who knows he might even get the seat for season seven. That's what I'm thinking, Ed. Is that obviously now Sergio uh, Sete Camera will obviously be pushing for a seat, obviously for next season. I, Brendan Hartley, yeah, he was the key summer signing, and it, it, to be honest, it didn't he didn't set the world alight. Let's be honest, right? He didn't come in, but yet again with that car, it's hard to tell because you know Dragon haven't been anywhere for the last couple of seasons. They haven't really been. They're here. They've slightly improved, but it's not been great. Like the performances have been a bit inconsistent. So maybe you can let Hartley off um, for that. But I suppose if he was the key signing to sort of push the team forward, it didn't really work. And maybe Muller was the driver that was, you know, doing that sort of moving forward. So I think it's a bit, it's not harsh. I don't know if it's harsh on Hartley, but I think maybe the way he's been treated might have been harsh, but we don't know how he's been treated. We don't know really the situation, which is why we reported it this morning when we said, you know, they didn't give a reason why Hartley's left. And if they said a reason that his contract came to an end or if it was the logistical battle and then they've decided that it was a mutual agreement, because sometimes that's sort of said, like, in press releases, they'll go, it's a mutual decision between both parties to end the current term. So the fact that it didn't say that I think goes back to, you know, uh, what Jack's saying, what you're saying is that, you know, they actually, they didn't leave on good terms. Maybe Hartley didn't want to leave and was forced out somehow. Like it makes the situation just a bit more spicy. Possibly. Yeah. And uh, I I think maybe Dragon's judgment over drivers driven that they tried to get rid of Maxi Gunter last year for Felipe Nasser. And then Gunther has since gone on to do some amazing performances and is now driving the factory BMW seat. It really does make Dragon look a little bit silly uh, for trying to drop Mexican for last year. And you've got to hope that this, this isn't another short-sighted decision. I think Sede Camera might fare a little bit better than Felipe Nasser will have to see. But he hasn't got a whole lot of time to adapt. At least he has done that Marrakesh test. So, yeah, in terms of the reason all the jur- by Hartley parted, a lot of journalists were basically you know, shrugging their shoulders at the, I don't know why Brendan Hartley has left. And it's sort of like even guys like Sam Smith from the race you know, was basically saying that he didn't, he wasn't really sure. They just seen Brendan looking a bit unhappy, and you know he's like, well, maybe it was well endurance. I can't, I don't really know for sure, because uh, of course in that same period that he signed with Dragon, he also got the deal with Toyota uh, in uh, LMP1 there. So. That, that's a big. That's probably what he's going to be focusing on soon. But yeah, not not a little bit of a, of a loss to Formula E. Uh, of course, for New Zealand fans, they've still got Mitch Evans to support, so it's not a huge blow. But... And obviously, they've got Nick Cassidy coming in for. Oh, yeah, of course, so just, yeah. You know, we're we're getting we're getting a couple of um, a couple of uh, Kiwis back in back in Formula E. But 
Jack, let's just talk very quickly of Brendan Hartley just before we move. He's had a bit of a turbulent couple of years, right? Ever since that F1 sort of move to Toro Rosso and then like didn't really work out for him. And he comes in Formula E, sort of like, you know, had an amazing, obviously, LMP1 category with uh, Porsche. I think it was before, before the obviously F1 and then leaving F1, he wasn't really there, comes into Formula E, doesn't really work. And now he's like trying to get back into to the World Endurance Championship. It's, it's been a turbulent few years for Brendan Hartley. Yeah, uh, we've seen many a time before the how how harsh this the, this Red Bull driver program is. Yes, Hartley was brought in kind of last minute into the into the Toro Rosso seat. Uh, I think I think it was USA 2017 uh, because Sainz got the call up to Renault and Pierre Gasly had to go off and do um, Super Formula. And so they brought back Danny Kafia and um, and they had um, Brendan Hartley in that second seat. And then he was kept for the rest of the season whilst they said bye to Kafia. And, and and if we look at who's at that second Red Bull team now, yeah. Um, but but Brendan uh, Brendan Hartley, he 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 did he did have a kind of baptism of fire into into uh, into Formula One. He uh, because between, uh, towards the end of that season, he he always got the grid penalties. Um, and, and 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 that was and it was more of the same in um, 2018 as well, um, but and, and and we've seen it before how for Formula One is just such a cutthroat sport and especially in that team because we've seen our uh, probably one of the greatest Formula E drivers of all time, Jean Eric Verne. Um, he uh, he he got a phone call from Helmut Marco saying cheers, thank you, bye bye. Um, and so uh, and so yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, for, uh, and and so, yeah, that's the thing with um uh, with Formula One. It's just like if if you aren't performing, then that's it. You're gone. Um, and so uh, and so yeah, he used um Formula E as a backup uh, a backup thing. We all thought he was going to go to the Porsche factory team. Um, however, that didn't work out, and so he uh, got dropped in the Dragon instead. But yeah, as we as we've said about fifty times already in this show, the Dragon is 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 not a great car. Um, and so. And so yeah, he wasn't able to perform the performances that he uh, that that I think he was capable of, and it's also adapting to to it because we've seen we've seen so many great drivers, even his old um, Porsche WEC teammate Neil Yarny. Um, he's had he's had a terrible season in, in um, Formula E, and it, and um, he's going to be replaced by Pascal Verlaine, we think, uh, for season seven. So um, so yeah, it's um, it's 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 a bit of a shame, but that we that we've lost Brendan. But yeah, it, it it is hard. It is very very hard to do well in in this series. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like this series has, you know, there's been some very good drivers come in, as you said, Nilyani, obviously Hartley as well, with lots of experience. Even Lotter, if we go back to Andre Lotterer, and obviously who's given the time and he's bedded into the series quite well. But at the beginning, it was looking like it was all over the place um, for Andre. Um, but obviously he got the time and he's managed to adapt. But then obviously there's some drivers like Felix Rosen, Chris Pascal, Berlin, Mitch Evans, who come into the series and fly. So it's really, it's really odd to see that there are types of drivers that can adapt to the series and go boom straight away. And there's some drivers that need that time to really understand it. And it's, it, I think that's super interesting for me, um, just as an, as an outsider looking, I can't, you know, how some drivers can just go boom doesn't matter what I'm driving, I'll be quick in it. And some drivers need to learn the series, learn the car, and then get quickly over time, which we were seeing with the likes of 
uh, I would suppose James Collado and stuff like that. They were getting better, but then they don't have the time to get better anymore. But let's move on because obviously Berlin, we were treated to free track layouts and we were thinking um, maybe we could have, from our little PR stunt that we did, Jack, that maybe we could tempt Formula E say, hey, did you see that design that that guy did? Why didn't you pick that one? But they didn't. Um, instead, they, we've got obviously the normal classic layouts and then we've got, which will be the second round. So that'll be on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday or whatever it is, 9th and 10th, I think of August. Um, and then we've got the reverse layout, which will be the first one. So we'll basically the normal layout as we would have had, but the other way around. Um, and then we've got a nice new layout with a bit more of a squiggly section in sector two. Um, to sort of round out the championship. What did you make, Jack, of the new track layouts? I, w uh, I would like to go on record and say that I still prefer my layout over the three that they've chosen. Um, but that isn't really a surprise because I designed it. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, think, I think a reverse race was, was always going to be on the cards. Um, so yeah, um, I, and, and I get why we're doing it first because then they get so because the grid actions because they need to put it on the other side for them to do the uh, for for them to do the final race of the, of the year as well so, so so it wouldn't make sense if we did the original one then the reverse one and then we went back to the um uh, and, and then we went back to the normal way round with the with the new section um with the new section I'll be honest I'm not big on it I think I think it's going to make overtaking really really hard, and it's going to make the cars. It's going to be harder for the cars to follow, um, because but because through 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 that squiddly squiddly section. I mean, no downforce isn't isn't as much in Formula E as it is, as it is in Formula One, but it's still going to be hard. It's it, it's it's still going to be like hard to like keep close to uh, to everyone, and I think it will spread the field out definitely. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I I don't know if if they had anything really planned else for uh, for that, but I think I, I think it seems okay. What one of my other issues is with the um with the reverse one is that there are some corners where I just think there's there there really isn't enough runoff and there isn't that many overtaking zones. So what would be the third and fourth to last corner that um that fast the shanghai sort left, of uh, uh, that fast left right section um uh, uh coming up to the penultimate corner that's not going to uh, make good overtaking zone and and uh, and also the long um the long straight that usually goes into attack mode if you go back the other way they're going to have a little short little breaking zone go a kink to the left and then have a hairpin right so i don't think it's going to be much but also as you said the shanghai kind of section um, if, if 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 you do even lock, lock if you do even lock a wheel for like a fraction of a second, you will be in the barrier because there is no runoff there because the track is literally on the other side of it. So there are parts of it where I'm just not so plus, but um, overall I'm absolutely Formula back, and uh, I I think I will be proven wrong with uh, six great races that we'll have in August. Yeah, but that's the thing, Ed. Like. It was really quick, right? Let's remind ourselves, a bit like the Race at Home Challenge, like, they weren't... Six races in Berlin was never the plan, right? It was the last resort plan, okay? And then they thought, okay, but we can't have three races at the same track, basically. So they've had to think on their feet, effectively, 
what can they do and get FIA homologated and, and all that stuff? And and if the reverse layout could even work, and let's make let's I suppose there must be some parts because there are similarities between all of the tracks. And obviously they didn't want to completely redesign the tracks because the effort there's not as many manpower there to sort of move all the concrete blocks to make all the new sections in in like three days to basically make a new track every well say two races so i understand the reverse layout i probably agree with jack you know when you build a track you don't build it for its reverse racing you build it for its racing um normally like the way that you've intended it so maybe going on the reverse side of things it may struggle it may actually struggle to to create good racing which i think will be interesting but what did you think of the uh, squiggly the sort of technical section that they've added in uh, on the final race as well oh the new uh, sector two bit yeah i um i guess it's a little bit hard to tell because we haven't really seen uh, anything other than sort of an aerial um just sort of diagram of what it will look like we haven't actually seen exactly how wide the braking zones and certain things like that will be uh i i didn't think it looked as i think pico really didn't like it and possibly that might be a little bit because they overlooked his designs and designs that fans sent in and he's nodding at me so <laughs> but um i think also i, I agree maybe the sort of the twisty stuff doesn't ne doesn't necessarily lend it so the sort of high speed changes direction doesn't seem quite like the usual sort of formulae fare but i don't know i i like i like that i think it might be a something a bit more unique and interesting. It's just, uh, like I said, not sure either as well on this, the third layout where they're going to put attack mode and stuff like that because that was slap bang in the middle of Sector 2, if I remember correctly, just before the, um, yeah, of one the at the first hairpin, actually, I think, on the track, so at the far end of the circuit. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a little bit hard to say whether it's going to produce like amazing racing or not. I, I think it's like you say, it's it's a compromise. It was never the first choice to go to Berlin. It was a compromise because of COVID nineteen, you know, forcing these travel restrictions in, and so they're sort of making the best of the bad situation. And again, that's that's why they've had to resort to a re you know, reverse layout as well, like you say. And it's something where they're sort of having to use what they've already got and sort of make it work somehow. So I'm 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 not going to be too upset if it doesn't work. I you know good on them for trying, but uh, yeah, it, 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 you do get the sense that, that it is a bit of a compromise. Attack mode round turn one, I think is uh, uh, I think is what, what I'd like to see round round the long Shanghai section. If they put attack mode round there. I think that would be rather exciting. Oh, you mean no, for I, the I, reverse grid layout? Okay. Well, 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 well. To to replace the um the one where it usually is, I think ah, if, okay. they, if 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 they put it around the turn one section, I think that I think that would be really exciting, especially yeah, especially on the reverse and grid they, section. And they'd lose a lot of time. And they, well, maybe on the reverse grid section they wouldn't lose as much time, but on the new layout they would lose a lot of time going out wide. Because let, let's face it, right? We've seen it in the in the race at home challenge races, and we've seen it in, in Formula E itself. If they go really wide into that line, you're going to lose time. So at least it's going to be a decent penalty for taking attack mode, which is what we want. I think for the reverse layout attack mode, I don't know the early drawings that looked like it seemed like attack mode would be on the short little. So where the Shanghai used to be, and then you have the double right. Uh, and then on that little straight, I think it's going to attack mode. They were planning to have attack mode there, but it may change. Um, I'm I'm not too sure. So I don't know on if that the, would just um, be... On the bit that... Where the on, bridge used on, to be. 
on the corner. We need better names for these okay. corners. Yeah, yeah, no, can't just keep comparing it to Formula One tracks. Right. Yeah, on, no. on on the straight or round the corner. I think on the straight. Okay, on the straight makes so more very, sense the, because it's going to be very, harder to get very, round into the. Very Paris-like, yeah, basically. Yeah. Very Paris-like, where they come out of a corner and boom, into an attack mode. That's what I think I saw from the drawings. I may be wrong, but they may move it. But yeah, it's I think a, attack one, mode... Once again, we come up with better ideas than um, Formula E. Wow. That's a bit kind of world revolves around me. <laughs> I, I, I hope the Zoom call managed to get that smile and thing. If not, there yeah. we go. This is what Jack did. <laughs> but moving on... Um, but in terms of track layouts, I suppose we've got to talk about Monaco because uh, we broke the news that Monaco um, will be using the full layout next season, Ed. I just want to see what you made of that. I think it'll be awesome, first and foremost, finally get rid of that short layout because let's face it, the short layout wasn't great. I think having the cars run up from Sandoval all the way to Massenet and so forth, and then Mirabeau, um, will be awesome because that will, I think it's going to be an actually quite a difficult track on energy management because it's a long run up through the casino section and then there's going to be some lifting. So we may see some overtakes, especially into Mirabeau, um, I reckon, and maybe even before going into Mesonet, into the, into the casino section. I think the full layout could be a real challenge on energy management. Yeah, and there's so many iconic corners at Monaco that the abridge layout just sort of skips over. And the only reason I think we were using the abridge layout was because it was sort of, I think uh, the team principals and maybe even John Todd, FIA president, were basically in favour of the abridge layout. I think Agag and the drivers were all constantly calling for it for since years and years now. And uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit of a shit. I think Susie Wolf, when interviewed, said that, oh, well, the bridge layout, the short layout makes for better racing, which I never saw any evidence to support that because we saw, I think, in one race there in, I think it was season three, we saw one overtake during the entire race, which I think was uh, Robin, uh, Robin Bryan's, I think Apt got past uh, Robin Bryan's and that was that literally for like 11 for 13, that was the only overtake the entire race. And so, yeah, that's why I remember it because it was literally such a boring race otherwise. But, but, um, but yeah, really great to see all these iconic corners. Of course, the chicane is another great overtaking spot. The tu uh, tunnel, um, uh, you know, Portier, the the Lowe's hairpin, all those sorts of. I can't even know. Maybe not necessarily great overtaking spots, but it'd be just great visually to see a Formula E car there. And you know what? A lot of people will say, oh, well, they're not as quick as Formula One cars, and it will invite that sort of comparison. I don't think anyone cares at this point. I think it's just nice to see Formula on a full layout that might just provide better racing. Exactly, and that's the point I'm going to say, Jack. I think Formula E can make Monaco great again because of energy management. Honestly, like Monaco, I love Monaco. When Formula One is at Monaco, I love it. And yes, there is no overtaking. But by God, do I love that swimming pool section and to back and seeing them race round those corners and get it inch perfect. They have to be inch perfect every lap. When we try and do it on F1 2020, how many walls do we hit? All of them, right? But they, in real life, are traveling at 200 miles per hour for real and are inch perfect going through the corners, which I think makes Monaco special. And that's why, for me, my personal opinion on the F1 calendar, we can't get rid of Monaco because it's too special. But in terms of racing, there isn't much at Monaco, unless that tight little squeeze Verstappen tried to do on Hamilton at the Nouvelle Chicane. But, as I said, energy management will play a huge role, I believe, um, 
at Monaco. And I think, you know, we will see overtakes into the new Valsha game because that's an out portier going through the tunnel. That's quite a bit of straight where someone might need to lift. Then you've also got, as I said, the hill going up Sandavot. That's, you know, potential to save energy, a potential for overtakes. I think there is plenty of chances now at the actual full Monaco layout that we will see overtaking and we will see great, crazy Monaco races, which will make us fall in love with the circuit again. I am so glad to see the back of that horrible little short circuit. Um, that really is a terrible circuit. I don't know. Um, they, 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 they didn't really want the comparison with, um, with, uh, for, with, uh, with Formula One. That's why we didn't go there for the first um, three times we went there because we go there every other season. Um, but no, um, I am so, so happy to see this, this, the, 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 the full layout of Monaco. Um, to, uh, to take place next season, uh, I'd love to see maybe attack mode going into the tunnel or something or, uh, or something like that. I think, I, uh, I think that I think that would be pretty cool. But yeah, no, the the amount of overtaking opportunities into into the chicane. The thing is, Formula E cars are a lot smaller than Formula One cars because Formula One cars have just got bigger and bigger and bigger. If you put Lewis's 2008 winning McLaren next to his 2020 Mercedes you will realise that there is a substantial difference in size. But, um, but yeah, and, 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 for, and Monaco lends itself to a smaller car to find that gap going down the, uh, going down the inside. And we've seen that Monaco is a certain... Uh, Monaco, um, uh, um, Monaco produces... I don't, I don't know where I was going with that now. Yeah, Jackie, you sure? Because um, um, I thought they were about the same width. Formula cars and Formula One cars. I think I I think that I think that they're smaller. I'm not 100 percent sure. I think. Oh, because um, a few years ago when they made the F1 cars wider. With yeah, the they made them wider. Um, I think they're now like two two and a bit meters long. Um, wide, sorry, and they're like five meters long. So that's why it's so hard to do it, and that's why I'm hoping 2022 regulations they make them they make they make them smaller. But because Formula E is a little bit tiny, it. It, it 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 will mean that Monaco produces more exciting. Um, re, uh, it means that Formula E will, will produce more exciting races at Monaco. Not that they do that already, because Formula E is a lot more unpredictable, a lot more exciting than Formula One. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm really excited to see um, them go through the entire Monaco circuit next year. Yeah, I think I think we all are. Like, it's been a long time coming. I think they could have done it in season five, but this stupid F1 comparison has been, like, a bit annoying, I would suppose. But I think we should move on because we're coming up to the end of the show. Um, just a few couple of things, other breaking news stories. Ed, um, ABB uh, are going to be doing the fast charging. So we talked about fast charging previously. Um, so for Gen 3, we're aiming for 30-second um, charge-up speeds, basically. So you put yourself on this sort of like pad, fast charging within 30 seconds. You've gone from 0% to 100% and off you go again. That's your pit stop and we're racing again. Um, it could be really interesting. And I think, I suppose, if ABB can achieve that, it may then define the racing itself, right? It may define the format. If they can't do that, if it has to be a minute, maybe... Um, the race format will change. I think if ABB can do what they've been asked to do, then that may revolutionise how we watch Formula E. I guess, yeah, it's definitely a bit, a little bit of a departure from the current format, which is literally just uh, to do the whole race on one battery. 
uh, without having to make pit stops and they, that's one of the reasons why I introduced the tank mode I guess and yeah I, I guess it's, it's a big uh, ask of ABB but uh, that's probably why Formula partnered up with them because they specialize in robotics you know fast charging and stuff like that and that was the whole reason why fast charging was sort of ruled out for several years was that they uh, they couldn't really figure out how to do it very quickly, even when I think it was Qualcomm was doing it with the safety car. Uh, their, their little pads were taking much longer than 30 seconds to charge up the safety car, basically. And that's why whenever there was any downtime, the safety car would be put on top of that pad. So, yeah, it definitely feels feels like they've made the advancements. If they can you know, implement it in an effective way for all the teams, then it's going to make a good final product. Yeah. And then, Jack, obviously, the Gen 2 Evo car, which is obviously... Um, we've been talking about cost saving and Formula E have done so much cost saving lately and it's looking ever, ever more likely now that, you know, we've had all those car reveals that the Gen 2 Evo car will never, ever see the light of day and it has also been informed that it won't, because the Gen 2 Evo car won't race, it won't inform the Gen 3 car, the Gen 3 car will take on a completely different shape, they won't try and incorporate some of that lost Gen 2 Evo looks into the Gen 3 car. What do you make? I think it's the right decision because it would only have ran for one year, but what do you make on Gen 2 Evo um, possibly being cancelled? It is the right decision. Um, not too happy about that. I started on a downer, end on a downer. Uh, no no, no, Joel Erickson, no Gen 2 Evo. Oh, what a... What a I'm sure you'll thing. get over it. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be over it in like three minutes, but still. Um, yeah, no, it, it is disappointing because that Gen 2 Evo car looked beautiful uh so so yeah i i am uh i i am rather disappointed that that car won't see the light of day um because i think and and especially round a circuit like monaco i think it, i i think it would have been so cool to see it but um alas no gentle yeah. evo no swedes no swedes no to be fair, I'm going to be honest with you. The Gen 2 Evo car was good. I remember showing my kids it, the car, um, the Gen 2. And they, you know, they, I was introducing them to Formula E. And boom, all of a sudden, the interest level rose because that car yeah. really caught their eye. It caught their imagination. It looked cool. And all of a sudden, all I had in the classroom was Gen 2 Evo. Gen 2 Evo. Gen 2 Evo. And just like the kids you teach, I am mentally six years old. So yeah, exactly. it kind of makes sense. So... There we go. Um, I'm glad you clarified so that much. was the classroom, by the way, because I was just trying yeah. to point out they're not your kids, you're a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I suppose, you know, you just, they become, they don't become yours, but, you know, they're like yours. You see them yeah. every day. Um, but yeah, so you just like refer to them. I don't know why. Anyway, enough of that. Um, just a massive thank you, boys, for being on the show. Oh, no worries, Nick. Um, so I want to say a massive thank you for you guys at home listening. I hope you really enjoyed the show. Um, please remember to hit the like and subscribe button. It really helps us out. We've got 282 subscribers now. So we've nearly gained over 100 subscribers since we started this, which is really big. So we're really thankful for all of your support. Um, remember, we have a Twitch channel. If you want to hit the link for the Twitch, we're trying to hit 50 followers. So there's 282 subscribers here. That means there's quite a few people that haven't hit the follow button. So hit the Twitch link, hit the follow button. It would really help us out. And um, we've got a Discord link as well. If you're not in the Discord. So many people are now in the Discord channel, which is amazing. But if you're not in the Discord channel, hit the link below and come say hi. We'd love to talk to you. And we also have Patreon page. If you love us that much and want to donate some of your money, as a little as one dollar, um, or well, it isn't dollar technically. I know we're in the United Kingdom, but it is. It works in dollars. So as little as one dollar, 
you can help us um, provide this great content for you. Thank you so much for watching. You've been watching the FEZ Show. We will see you very soon. Goodbye.